You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Friday, so it's the weekly wrap with Arnie Schmidt from Sky Blue Fund Managers. And this podcast is proudly brought to you by shenet.co.za. We have to look forward to what's happening on Wednesday, May the 8th, Arnu. It's an election and there are lots of sort of polls and uh, predictions about what's going to happen. Obviously, nothing's going to happen apart from the ANC will, of course, have a landslide victory or what would be considered to be a landslide victory in any other jurisdiction, any other geography, any other country. But there might be a few little tweaks here and there that change the future of South African politics. Yeah, look, we're in for an interesting week. Um, I think everybody is anticipating, obviously, as we always do in elections, uh, like we did with Brexit and like we did in the US as well. So it's nothing new, and the market's also, I think, is trying to to position itself for, for what a possible outcome might be. Um, on that score, we looked at some of the numbers post previous elections, just out of interest. I mean, it's not saying the same thing would happen again. And it is a, it's interesting that in, in all, well, since we've had a democracy, in the five previous elections, the RAND has actually strengthened post the election yes. up until the end of the year. It was only in 2014 where the RAND has weakened. And obviously we know what happened in 2014, so I suppose yes. you can make your own, your own assumptions. And then the all share as well, exactly the same thing. The all share actually... Remember, the Allshare, as we know, it doesn't have that long a history, so it's the last four elections. And the the first three of those last four, the Aussie was up almost 20%, well, more than 20% in two of them and 20% in one of them. And it was only in the one since 2014, post-2014 election, that the Aussie only managed a subpar uh, looks like a 5%, 4% return. So look, if you believe in this type of thing, and I'm not saying this is this is this will repeat itself because obviously there's lots of other stuff at play as well. But it looks as though we might have a, a fairly good year towards the end of 2019 post the elections, if you believe in this type of thing. And do you believe in it? This is the big point now, because obviously you have to advise your clients and history. History doesn't always predict the future. But on the other hand, there is um, there is some precedent here. Yes, look, I, I, I don't think history repeats, you know, that rhymes, like we always say. And um, But I do think what's important is that, like I said in the beginning, I think the market's already taking position in terms of possible outcomes. And I think that's part, part of the reason why the RAND is, is uh, weakened this week. Um, and obviously on, on top of the US dollar, which is also stronger, but I think part of that is, is probably foreigners taking some positions. Um, for a negative outcome, so selling some of their RAND or South African exposure. And, yeah, so I think that more than, than the actual, and it's always, you know, that's the question, which comes first, the egg or, or, or the chicken? And, and it, it's most probably a case that the RAND, in, in front or ahead of any election, the RAND already corrects somewhat for a negative outcome. Because remember, South Africans, as as, as in general, South Africans are very negative, so... It would make sense um, to build a thesis like that. And, and that, that's most probably what we're seeing this week as well. So it could be that we have a stronger rain by the end of the year, unless if we have a lot of uncertainty coming out of the election results. And uh, that's obviously, that is the question, which is, still needs to be answered. And that would probably be answered by Thursday, Friday. We would have a much clearer indication of what's going to happen going forward.
Okay, good. Do the elections mean that much for the uh, risk asset classes that we normally talk about and mainly equities? Do you think that unlike, uh, just like rather the United Kingdom or the United States of America, asset classes are going to be affected by the way that South Africans vote on Wednesday? Yeah, look, it's interesting. I mean, there's, there's no there's no policies currently on the table from any of the um, parties who's contesting exactly. the election. Mm. So there's no clear policy as to how it would affect a asset class. And we, there is nothing like that. So you can't really base it on any any policy. So you would have to make a thumbs up to, to make any conclusion on, on, on that question. Um, you know, stuff like... Uh, uh, what do you call it now? I can I only know the Afrikaans, but uh, preferred assets, yes, <laughs> uh, which has been thrown around, uh, you know, and, and up we've got lots of clients up north and northwest, and, and they are very concerned about that term, the Afrikaans term, and it's both English term as well, but there's more Afrikaans um, speaking people in that part of the country. Right. And they, they are very, and remember, a lot of those people can probably remember preferred assets or voorgeschreven barters as we saw it in the 70s, 80s. Now, you know, I've said, even if it does happen, it's probably going to be in a very, very different fashion to what we've seen during that period because uh, the, the economy is far more open. We don't have boycotts. So there's a lot of foreign money in South Africa as well, which would most probably leave the country if that were to happen. So, But there's different ways of doing preferred assets. And uh, so, so I would just say, I think forget about 70s, 80s type of preferred assets, but there might be a different type of a preferred asset. It might not even be called a preferred asset, but it could happen. I mean, and then it, it could be as simple as government enforcing corporates to co-invest with government into new projects. That's also a type of a, of a preferred asset, but it's a much better way of doing a preferred asset. And if you think about it, South Africa definitely wouldn't be the only government in, in, in the world that does that. Most other governments do it um, because government can't survive with, with the private sector and the private sector can't survive without government. So they have, they have to work together. Um, but what we've seen in, in, from 2014 was that it was government was, was almost fighting with private sector instead of saying to the private sector, but help us. Um, and private sector was fighting with government. So even if if, it, if if that's the type of preferred asset we might be moving to, then I think it's a good thing in the longer the longer term. I mean, we all want South Africa to work, um, and in order for, for it to work, we have to work together. Private sector, work of government, with a common focus in mind. I mean, if, if we can get to that ultimate goal, which I think probably now sounds uh, very far away to, to some of the listeners, but if we can get to that goal, I think we might be heading in the right direction. Um, instead of having this infighting within political parties and within government, within private sector and private sector attacking government and the other way around. Um, that's not going to help. Definitely, we're not going to solve the issues, um, you know, running the country like that. What do you think about this week? What happened this week? We had a PMI piece of data coming out and the PMI rose from 45 in the previous month mm. to April 47.2, but still mired below the 50 level. And it's, it's just simply not good enough. That was one of the major features of what has been another quiet week. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, we had a, 
Oh, I was in a meeting yesterday, and I mean, uh, SA credit is also it's very tight, um, you know. So it's it's it, and the market is has seen a very good run up until now, and um, then you get the the PMI numbers, business confidence numbers that came out, and it's 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 definitely not not good enough. And the credit extensions are sitting at six point one. The one thing which looks slightly better is the money supply, M pre money supply, six point nine percent growth. Um, so hopefully that could help to generate some kind of growth in the economy. But like I said last week, highly unlikely that we'll see growth before we have the final election. And not even then. I think it's more a case of what the outcome is of the elections. Can it build some some, some confidence? And only then we might see some growth. It's going to be very hard to create growth in South Africa as we sit here now. Until we know who's in, who's in charge, what type of policies Will they implement? Mm. I mean, it's it, it, it's very hard to see any growth, uh, and I think the Reserve Bank has also got not a problem, but but they've got a real big conundrum. I mean, it, it's the the Fed. It looks uh, if you look at the frog curve, the US frog curve, it looks as though the Fed might actually um, have one hike left, although that has also changed quite a bit over the last week, two weeks. So it, now it looks as though the Fed might have one hike left. If um, that happens, uh, I'm lying, sorry, the Fed actually looks as though they want to cut. If, if you look at the fraud curve, it looks as though the Fed might cut, not hike. No, but um, wait a second, you, you, you say the fraud curve says they're going to cut rather than hike. But on the other hand, Jerome Powell's statements after the yes. FOMC meeting contradicted what you've just said. Exactly. That, and, and I think that, that's, the, that's the whole point, and it's now out to see who's now right. Because as we've seen, the GDP number that came out of the U.S. Now, remember, GDP is a lagging indicator. So that's already in the past when once the number is, is published. And that 3.2 number is a very solid number. The problem with is, is not the lagging indicators. It's more the, 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 the forward-looking indicators where the problem sits. And we, we've got the Chicago PMI number, which came out the lowest since 2017. So there's quite a few numbers in the data sets that's coming out of the years that looks daunting. I'm not saying it's going to fall flat completely. Um, but we, the fraud curve, or the if you want to call it the fixed income market, that part of the fixed income market is looking towards a cut and, and not a hike, and that's very different. Now, if that were to happen, that, that might give the, the Reserve Bank some scope to, to cut local rates as well. But as it is, again... They can't really move um, on, on local interest rates in South Africa, the Reserve Bank, because of the uncertainty. And obviously, also, we've got no growth, but we've got inflation um, at 4.5, and it seems that it might be going higher to 5 in the very short term. Um, but having said that, if you look at the world price, priced back in rands, yeah. that's only now up in, at, at 8% year on year. So that, that, that sharp move we've seen is, is now... Not not gone away, but it's it's far less than what it was last week. If you looked at at the same data set, so it could be that we have a little bit of an inflation spike, and I think I mentioned that last week as well. But as we move into June and July, we might see lower inflation. Now, if the Fed starts talking also towards maybe a cut or maybe just postponing hikes, then this might actually give the Reserve Bank a great opportunity to cut local rates, and by doing so, and hopefully having the right political policies in place and now we're painting the perfect picture <laughs> we yeah. might have some very good economic growth 
Um, not very good. That's that's over exaggerating it. But economic growth towards the end of the year. So um, I think I'm, uh, that's the positive picture. Obviously, things can go fairly pear shaped quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's very easy to make a very very negative picture, which I'm not going to go into. We'll just leave the positivity out there. Any uh, corporate news that caught your eye this week, Arnu? There wasn't much out. I mean, I saw Rian Stassen is, is resigning or stepping away from Capitec. From Capitec, yes, he was. Um, he yes. was. He was the leader of that company when it exactly when yeah. it was when it was a company that is very different to the company that it is today. If yeah. you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in in Technopark in Stellenbosch where their head office is. They're busy building the head office uh, yesterday, and I mean, there's there's four huge cranes building this head office. And really. It's unbelievable. I mean, they had to, as far as I understand, they had to to do an, another access into this office park, uh, which is just outside Stellenbosch, for this head office. So, look at the Capitec as a as a, as a vastly different animal to what it was when Rian Stassen, uh, one of the founding members, started it. And uh, I suppose you get to a stage where you have to quit whilst you're ahead. Um, and I, he's probably just saying, well, look, I've built it. I'll take my profit. Somebody <laughs> else needs it. And remember, he, he wasn't really actively, active, actively involved in the bank or in Capitec for a while now. So it's not as though the people who's in there, who's already acting and leading with or leading, managing the company yeah. is new. They have been there for a couple of years. So I don't think that, that there's any concern with him stepping away. And one can, one can understand why he's stepping away. But I mean, he's, like I said, he's taken it from a small bank to building a very, very big head office. And um, yeah, one, one will have to see how it goes into the future. What are you doing at the moment at uh, Sky Blue Fund Managers? Any change in your asset allocation? Any change in your stance towards certain risky assets, starting with equities? Uh, equities, we haven't lightened yet, uh, but having said that, we're not overweight. We probably add weight with equity. And it's it's just the market, like I said, the market isn't expensive, but the market's also not cheap. And the market's sort of here in the middle, and it's very difficult to to ascertain, you know, which way the market's going to go. But having said that, I do think if you buy the right stocks within, so what we've done is we're at weight with the asset allocation and equities, local equities. We have, you made use up until now of preferred stocks, so prefs, to protect some of the downside. That has worked over the last year, so those are up, I think, 14 15%, might be a bit more now. But we're slowly starting to adjust the portfolios to take direct equity exposure instead of that preferred uh, securities or preferred uh, shares, yes. uh, prefs. And um, so that's what we're doing in the equity space and, and also tr- making sure that we have either managers uh, that do stock picking, so guys that, are, that aren't so fixed on, on the index but is willing to take some active risk. And also in, in the share portfolios, we're trying to do exactly the same thing. It's, it's very much concentrated and only buy what you think is worthwhile buying. And then we, we're still holding on to our local property, local, local uh, listed property, which has really been, yeah, it's been one of those holdings which has been very hard to hold on to because it has taken a pounding. Um, but we have seen the likes of, of, now this is a very small player, but the likes of Delta, which was one of the concerns in the in the local property market where they had to sign, I can't remember the number now, it's a huge number of new leases and government was just refusing to sign those. And now subsequently we have seen some of those being signed and we also have seen that 
I think it was Ramaphosa himself who gave the undertaking that all those leases would be signed. So that, that type of positivity hopefully leads further into the property market. And we have seen Delta, the price has gone up uh, to, I think it's trading at 2.30 today, which is substantially still lower from the 11 it was trading at before it started, uh, you know, taking some pain. But but yet again, I, I, I think the important thing is that you're buying the local properties, although you're in a very bad economic situation and there's no growth. And yes, we have seen some, some demand and supply problems, although not a huge amount of, of vacancies yet. In the, in the office space there is, but apart from office space, vacancies hasn't really picked up. But you are buying those properties at a very, very attractive yield. Even if we have distribution growth that, that uh, you know, disappoints with the yield, the current yield you're buying at, you are so protected against any disappointment that it's, you know, it's, it would have to go really belly up for you not to make money out of local, local listed property. But again, and I, like the same as this, the equities, SA equities, <laughs> you have to buy the right stuff. Some of the stuff is over here, most definitely, and those are the stocks you don't want. So you've got to look at stuff like, you know, loan-to-value type of ratios and so forth to make sure that you, you're not buying something that could go belly up if the economy really doesn't grow. Um, because obviously if you gear it, you have to pay for that gearing, and if you have no growth, You've got problems, which is like the Aspen problem we've seen earlier this year, and I think there's lots of other examples. And it's also, like I said, a global theme has been for the last year, a year and a half, has been this high gearing being punished. If there's no growth and you've got high gearing, the market just punishes it. And it's, it's not as an African phenomenon, it's all over the show. Um, yeah, so growth companies is not the place. We're not the place to be, let's put it that way. That's a very simple way of putting it. Thank you very much. more the value, the value <laughs> plays that, that was the place to be. What's, yeah. m- what's more simple is the fact that we are going to speak before next Friday. It's not just going to be the weekly wrap next week. We're going to speak probably on Thursday when the first mm-hmm. results of the election start coming through and what the market is how the market rather is reacting to that and it's going to be a fascinating fascinating week have a wonderful weekend Arnu that's Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers and that was the weekly wrap that podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za